Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm your host, Malvika. It's working. Hello, hello everyone. I just sat at my laptop for a few minutes trying to figure this out. It has been it has been a while since I last recorded, as you must know if you have been following this podcast. And I'm so happy to be back. I feel so re-energized. Happy 2023. I know it's now the end of January, so it's very late, but it's the first episode of the year and I feel great. I'm so happy to be here. The end of last year was incredible because when Spotify Wrapped came out, so many people sent me screenshots or posted on their story of this very podcast being in their top five. And that was the most surreal feeling ever, just because I've seen those Spotify Wrapped screenshots for years, right? And then suddenly my name was on there and it made me feel so lucky that people let me be in their ears and in their heads and spend their time with me. So thank you for being here. I feel so re-energized and excited to talk about what I want to talk about today. This is something I get questions about a lot. How did I find my passion? How does one go about choosing a major for college, et cetera, et cetera? And it's a hard question to answer, and I can never do it justice in a DM. So I thought I would record an episode about it. I feel happy to be back. Sorry for such a long hiatus. It won't happen again. But I do think it was nice to have a little bit of a break. I think I might do those a little more regularly, but with a deadline of when I'm ending the break, which this time I didn't have, and I I regret that. So thank you for giving me grace, and I have some notes prepared for today's episode, and I'm super stoked about it. Okay, so there's a couple things I specifically want to do with this episode. The first thing is to make you feel okay and at peace and at ease if you don't have something that you are passionate about. The second thing is to give you some helpful hints to maybe figure out what that thing is or what those things are and some just basic journal prompts, guidelines, things like that, things things that have helped me. Third, I want to try to untangle passion and profession because I think Specifically in American culture, those two things are so deeply intertwined in a way that I find pretty uncomfortable. And then the last thing is to pull apart passion and discipline and why I think one is more important than the other. So let's start at the very beginning. Not being passionate about something. It doesn't make you a loser. It doesn't make you boring. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of background about myself and my own journey with finding my passion, which, spoiler alert, you're going to figure out, I think is, 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 is overrated, is the word I'm going to choose there. Okay. When I was a lot younger, I felt so anxious that so many people knew exactly what, what they wanted to devote their lives to. I was not one of those kids. Some people you know, know they want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a civil engineer or an attorney. 
or a teacher, something like that. Some people know when they're in second grade what they want to do for the rest of their lives. My mom was one of those people. My mom, from the time she was a little girl, knew exactly what she wanted to do. I have never been like that. And I found, I, that was a huge insecurity of mine because I, it made me feel uninteresting, I think. So growing up, and I, I think as a kid also, it's so easy kind of to have passions. Like if you're interested in cars, you know, that's the gift you get every year for your birthday and for Christmas. And if you're interested in dinosaurs, then your parents take you to the National History Museum and you watch Jurassic Park a lot. Like it's, it's easy, right? And then you get into middle school, maybe high school. And then people start saying, what are you gonna major in? You're gonna major in what you're really passionate about, right? So for some people that's writing, that's literature. For some people it's music or art or dance or pre-med because they're gonna be a doctor. I literally had no idea. I had no idea. And it was something that plagued me for a lot of high school was everyone kind of knew or it felt like everyone knew what they wanted to do and how they were gonna monetize their passion and I had no idea. And I was interested in things. I liked reading about things. I found some people cool, but I just had no idea. And kind of in 11th grade, I started to really like math. And I had, you know, I credit that to some amazing math teachers. And one of my math teachers said, hey, you should look into pursuing engineering. And of course, I grew up in the Bay Area. So there was just a more of a push towards STEM fields, so there's that. And my dad was an engineer, and I, you know, it was really vague, but it was interesting. And I started to look at engineering schools. I found this one school in Needham, Massachusetts called Olin College of Engineering. It was an all engineering school. And I thought, how lame, how, how lame. And then I went and visited, and I fell in love with it. I had some preconceived notions about engineering, but then I visited and I was just, I found that place so cool. I found it so inspiring the way they kind of took engineering apart and made it problem solving, I found incredible. I mean, I still get, I get like tingles up my spine when I think about the first time I walked onto campus because it felt right. And I've always been a vibes person and I was, you know, I was a little nervous about socially how it would be to just be surrounded by engineers and all this stuff. But I felt, I felt pretty good that I could devote the next four years of my life to engineering. Again, I wasn't really over the top passionate about it. And actually a huge insecurity of mine was that a lot of people there had been taking microwaves and cars apart since they were six years old. Like that was their whole thing, their whole life. They were in robotics and stuff like that. And they were gonna be an engineer. I was not like that. So again, huge insecurity because I kind of ended up here because I thought problem solving was cool and I liked my math class and I wasn't great at physics. So really all in all, I still felt a whole bout of imposter syndrome because I wasn't passionate like everyone else. I arrived onto campus and things were hard for me. Like I remember some of my first classes and Everyone kind of knew things from their robotics programs that I didn't, and it freaked me out. <laughs> it was hard, and it was challenging, and I didn't find my thing. And, you know, I made friends with people who also didn't have their thing. I made friends with a lot of people who also were not in robotics and felt a little lost, and that was super comforting to me, that there were other people just like me. But then throughout those four years, 
people kind of started figuring their thing out. People started to figure out, you know what, engineering is this huge, vast thing. And a lot of my friends were like, and I have found my little niche within it. I had friends who worked in music. I had friends who worked in design. And slowly, my people were starting to find their niche. And I was so happy for them. And I was so jealous. Because again, right, like I haven't found my thing at this point. And I'm, oh, I just, I felt like crap about myself. And slowly over time, I'm starting to do internships. And I'm, I'm liking what I'm working on. It's, you know, it's interesting. I derive value from it. I'm learning all this stuff. But I don't find something that I want to talk about till I'm blue in the face. And I'm so insecure about that. And this is, I guess, sounding pretty traumatic, but it really felt, I, I felt like there was something wrong with me. I, I was like, I, I'm interested in things. I like learning. Why can't I find one thing that sets my soul on fire? And, you know, anytime anyone asked me, like, what do you want to do after graduation? I kind of shrugged because I couldn't figure out that one thing for me. And again, this kind of goes back to, in our culture, passion, profession, so intertwined. And I think there's more pressure on your first job out of college than there should be. I really, really, truly believe your first thing out of college should just be something that you're learning in and you're getting to meet cool people in. Anyways, that aside, have you noticed how when you first meet someone at a party or something, you're like, oh, what do you do? You don't ask, like, what do you love doing? What are your hobbies? What are your interests? What do you do on the weekends? It's a lot of our identity is wrapped up in what we do nine to five, Monday through Friday, to make some money. Um, and I think that freaked me out closer to the end of college because I didn't have that one thing that I knew I would love doing day in and day out. I'm going to touch on this later because I think that is, that is really, it, it's a big thing to look for out of a job. Anyways, so at this point, I'm pretty lost, pretty stressed. I think this is close to the end of my sophomore year of college. The pandemic has hit, so I'm spending a lot of time at home. I was interning at a place I really loved doing some data science research work and I began to pr present at these like international research conferences and I found that awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed being a panelist. I enjoyed presenting my work, hearing other people talk about their work. There was something specifically about science where you know, you're working on a, on a research project and for a second in the world, you're the only person that knows this very, very niche thing about this thing you're researching. I loved that. I enjoyed that, okay? Again, it wasn't like my favorite thing in the world, but I enjoyed it. My favorite thing in the world was probably like hanging out with my friends and family and playing code names and having a really nice meal and going to bed. <laughs> like, that was it. Um, and at this point, I'm figuring out what I want to do post-college because it's all everyone is talking about you know, people are starting to get return offers from companies and figure out where they're going to settle down after college. So I'm pretty stressed. I'm pretty in my head. At this point, I'm also getting into podcasts and audiobooks a lot. And I listened to this book. It's a book called Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. Great book. Highly recommend. I found it really easy to listen to via audiobook, so I recommend that. And something they say and that book really resonated with me. They say, follow your curiosity. 
Forget about finding your passion. Follow your curiosity. And I loved this. I think something about, quote unquote, finding your passion, it, it sounds like people are telling you that there is a rock and under the rock, there is your passion that's specifically set aside for you, but this rock is in a huge forest full of other rocks and you just have to go and turn up rock after rock after rock till you find your thing and then all your problems are solved because you've found your thing. Versus following your curiosity is kind of a lifelong, really beautiful journey and it can pull you in different directions and it makes life feel less linear and more modular. It was just, it really worked for me, that concept. But again, it was still, it was still pretty daunting in a different way than finding your passion. It was still, it was still like, I didn't know where to start. And then at this point I read <laughs> a lot of things, right? But I read John Green's The Anthropocene Reviewed. And he has a quote in that book that says, pay attention to what you pay attention to. And this was everything for me. This is a huge flip switch in my brain. A switch flipped in my brain. What did I just say? Something switched, something flipped. God, I'm losing it, okay. <laughs> a switch flipped, a flip switched. A, flip. a switch flipped, yeah, that's correct. Now I've said it too many times and I don't know which one is correct. But it was this huge light bulb moment for me because then I got to start thinking about what I pay attention to, what I you know, read in my free time, what I'm interested in. And I realized I was listening to a lot of tech podcasts and reading a lot about sociology in tech, tech and sociology, tech and ethics, technology and communications, technology and social behavior, how the technologies we use impact us on a daily basis, how it changes our psychology, how it creates different political structures. And I realized I found it very interesting. And I realized it was something that I could spend a long time working on. While all this is happening, I'm reflecting a lot on the projects I'm doing at Olin, the research I was working on as an intern. At this point, I start to work at NASA as an intern. And I'm realizing I really enjoy research. And I'm realizing all the stuff about reading about technology is cool. I'm realizing I love long form projects. And every time I have a project that's only a semester long, I get a little bit frustrated because I wanna work on it a little more. And so I'm paying attention to what I'm paying attention to and I'm following my curiosity and I start Googling PhD programs. This was like a really beautiful time for me because I start finding programs that scare me because of how perfect they seem. I start finding programs that make me want to close my laptop and run away and be like, okay, well now I found this thing that I love and if I don't get into it, it's going to be devastating. And it was so challenging to be like, okay, even though they say they prefer master students, I'm going to apply. I have to credit this to my mom who I would just like cry to her all the time and be like, I'm never going to get them. And she was like, well, why don't you just apply? Like, and I did. And I got into my dream program at Northwestern where I am now. And it was amazing. Like I, and I, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis here, I go to class or I have readings and I'm, I'm really enjoying the work that I do. I'm really enjoying my research and I feel really lucky to have found a place that I feel like I fit. Um, and I feel like I'm good at it. Like that's a great, great feeling. And I'm happy. What I wanna say here though is I get a lot of comments on TikTok or questions in my DMs 
that are like, I am so jealous that you were so passionate about this thing that you like work so hard at it. Or I posted a vlog a while ago where I was like doing a lot in a day and someone commented like, I wish I was this passionate about something to like wake up early and do it. And like people in my life have said this to me too. And I, I wanna say like, yes, I love what I'm doing. I find it really wildly interesting. Most days I wake up and do it because of discipline, not passion. And I really wanna say, I really wanna talk about this because I think passion and discipline are two different things. And I think discipline is a hundred times more important. I think if I had to choose between the two, oh, 10 times out of 10, I would choose discipline. If I had to bet on someone who was really passionate or bet on someone who's really disciplined, I would always choose the latter. Because that is so important, like work ethic, really throwing yourself into what you do and doing it 100%. Something I'm really trying to work on these days is, I heard this mantra a while ago that was, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I'm really trying to channel that into my work because a lot of times, even in a research project I really love, there are tasks that I hate. <laughs> and it's like 30% of it or 20% of it. It's not, the, it's not a majority, but there's, there's stuff I don't like to do, but you have to kind of do it anyways. Like that's just what being an adult is. And that doesn't mean I'm less passionate about it or less interested in it. But I, I just wanna make that distinction really clear. Finding something you're passionate about doesn't mean that every day is gonna be roses and sunshine and unicorns and rainbows. It does mean that you have an end goal that is really beautiful and really exciting to you. And of course, this is grad school. This, so this is really different than finding a first job. And I wanna say the job offers I got and the jobs I applied to, I was not passionate about. But I'm gonna detail you know, while I was applying to grad school, I was also applying to industry jobs. And I'm gonna detail what I was looking for when I was applying to jobs. So this is now out of my grad school area. This is now I'm talking about, you know, if you're going into industry, how to find something for you. Firstly, your life is not a rom-com. In all the rom-coms, they're like 24 years old and have a dream job in their dream city. And they are making so much money and you know, all that stuff. Your life is not that your first couple jobs are usually not your dream job and they're just things that are a means to an end. You know, you should be learning, you should be meeting cool people and, and that's what it should be. So don't put a lot of pressure on your first job. There's a lot of mantras I can tell you here. There's, you know, this really popular one that's going around right now, which is work to live, don't live to work. I like that one. If you are someone who really views work as a means to an end, that is okay. And I would recommend the podcast episode, The Case Against Loving Your Job on the Ezra Klein Show. I think it's really well done. And I think you could find a lot of value from it. For me, senior year, when I was looking at jobs in case I didn't get into grad school, here is a list I had in my journal. And it's kind of journal prompts, if you will, that I was thinking about when I was applying to jobs. It was not so I could find a job I was super duper passionate about. It was to find a job, period. I asked myself, what can I do to help other people? I asked myself, what lifestyle do I like? I said, what are my values? And I said, what do I find intolerable? Another question could be, um, what do I want my days to look like? That I find a little more difficult because you know most people just don't wanna be sitting at a laptop nine to nine day. Um, but you know, if you're looking for a remote job or something like that. 
that's also a great question. The first question, what can I do to help other people? Under that, I kind of just listed my skills, tools I learned through undergrad, um, skills I had that you know could be hireable. What lifestyle do I like? This, I think, is a great question to ask if you're you know, looking for something remote versus non-remote. How many hours you want to work in a day? Like consulting versus, you know, and something else that, you know, you would have different hours in. What are my values? This for me was huge. There were some companies and industries I just knew I wasn't going to apply to and knew I wasn't going to work for. But also that comes from a place of privilege, like to be able to not interview at certain companies comes from a place of privilege. So I wouldn't look down upon anyone else not doing that. But for me, I had certain industries that I just knew I wasn't going to step foot into. And what do I find intolerable? Again, this can be similar to values, different to values. I knew I wanted work-life balance. I knew I didn't want to work 10 hours a day. And that was just for me. So I, I hope this has been helpful for you, this like set of tools to think about your first job, to think about passion and interest and what you want to do. And I also want to say it's completely okay if what you do during the day to make money is just something you do during the day to make money. You can still follow your curiosity, pay attention to what you pay attention to, find your passions for hobbies. And I think that, like, that's so fun and beautiful. And I want this episode to be of just as much of value if you already have a job and a career and feel really set on that path because that should just be a part of your life. I have friends who their career is their whole thing and I love that about them. And I have friends who their career is a small sliver in their pie chart of life. And I love that about them. So find what works for you. Everyone's path to success is wildly different. I do want to do an episode eventually on comparison to other people's careers and just comparison in your 20s in general because it is so overwhelming. But every time you see someone else you know, have their passion or have their passion be their profession or anything like that, really think about what you can do in your, you know, in your lane and your path to figure out what success looks like for you. Because often what you even want success to look like for you is deeply, vastly different. I hope this episode has been helpful. I found it really helpful to even just jot down my notes when I was making this. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, nice things to say, DM me. I would love to read them. I know I came back with a pretty short solo episode, but I I thought this was just exactly how I wanted to start the new year. And I have some episodes lined up to come out next week and the week after that. So I'm excited to share those with you. Thank you for being here. I really, really adore you guys. I can't wait to hear your feedback on this one. I know I'm a little rusty because I just came back after a couple months hiatus, but I feel so good recording again. I think that's tricky with podcasts for me is, you know, I record, the next day I edit, then I put it out. Then like a week later, I really start, you know, getting DMs about the episode. So it's a lot like speaking into the void. So I always appreciate any sort of response. And I feel so lucky that you guys spend your time with me. Time is our most precious, valuable resource. So I do not take it for granted. And I hope you derived some value from this episode because I definitely did, just jotting down my thoughts and saying them out loud. So thank you. Bye-bye. 
And that's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to this week's episode. If you want more, follow at Show Me How Good It Gets podcast. I read all the DMs I get on there. And then my personal Instagram account is at MalvikaBot and my TikTok is at MalTalks. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, um, I hope you can write us a fun little review and write us there as well. Um, Once again, thank you guys for hanging out. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.